Hmm? Been okay. How are you? Good. So today we are oh. drinking Larceny. I haven't tried this before. It's nice and smooth. This bottle in 1870? No. Um, I think that's when it was established, but who knows? A lot of times they use creative, uh, creative uh, ways of measuring that. This is nice and smooth. Doesn't have a kick either. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. John F. Fitzgerald. We got a uh, Oliva Series V. And I've got the Series G. I happen to prefer the Series G. Over the Series V, but a lot of people prefer the V. Is it enough draw? Yeah. Sometimes it takes a while to get going on the V, I found. What is, um, what's the between the series, I wonder? Probably the blend of tobacco that they use, or whatever. <laughs> They're both Maduros. You can see the color on that one's a little bit different than the color on this one. And this one's a box press. That, that one's rounded. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe next time I'll use a little bit of a touch up there. This one's got some gunk in it. The lighter. Yeah, let me see that real quick. Touch up there. Nice, nice little cigar. Yeah, it's a good, good size. Um, so, what are we uh, discussing tonight? What's uh, what's been the uh, goings on in the world? Listening to an interesting podcast, series of podcasts from uh, NPR called Blue Line called misrepresentation what's being misrepresented misrepresented by NPR talking about the electoral college and how we vote yeah and how that whole process came about some people think we should get rid of it <laughs> you might be right because um I didn't say I thought we should get rid of it. I just said some people. One of the problems we have in our electoral system, and I think has really been borne out in this last election, is that we have such a hodgepodge voting standards. Every state's different. You mean as far as like... Like who can vote, 
who can vote, how they can vote, how it can be counted, um, certifications different. Um, Isn't that a good thing, though? I mean, it, it's 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 what federalism is all about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I've heard the argument that I've always heard for it is that you know you don't want big big uh, states basically running the show which would be which would happen if no it wouldn't happen under the popular vote because that would be well sure it would because you know if you're if you're Donald Trump in 2020 you don't bother campaigning in California or New York because you know you're not going to win those states that's true but then they're also talking about the voter suppression and how uh, they still you, they still forgot ways to disenfranchise people's right to vote. Hmm. For example, you know, um, you had to you had to be a landowner. Yeah. And then I guess the theory behind that is is that if you pay taxes, you should have a say in what goes on. But what, versus if you don't pay taxes. You're still saying how the taxes should be spent, and then uh, you know, the compromise about giving the blacks, the slaves, the countermeasures three fifths of a person. Yeah, for the census purposes, the census, right? But also gave the South greater voting power. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And then um, after the Civil War, where we they got the right to vote. But it was, it, then it was gradually taken away. But the census was still counting everybody, so the power structure remained the same. Right, they were getting there were votes there, counted for people who weren't even able to. They're getting population counted for people that weren't even having any rights right, anyway. Right, which enhanced the electoral college mm -hmm. because you know there might be only I don't know, say for example, a hundred white people who could vote, mm -hmm. but in the state, it might be 500 blacks. So you, so when they did the census, there was 600. Right. Which means <laughs> that you got an extra rep, representative in Congress. Right. But so then, how do you get past people's fears of, you know, New York and California telling everybody else how to live? I guess that's going to be a. Um, because, I mean, I'm sure people, you know, for Team Blue, right, they probably think, well, that's great. Everybody should live like they do in New York or California. And, and people who don't like it should just shut up and take it. Right? And rightfully so, they would say that the only reason Republicans are resistant to it is because they stand to gain from the status quo. What, the past election? Or forever? Just in general, that... Yeah. The, the the Republican position on it is that the, the Electoral College helps them, you know, maintain some degree of com com uh, competitiveness because they only have to really compete for votes in, in key states that they know which states they're going to lose and which states they're probably going to win. And so if you identify a handful of them that are swing states, they only have to compete in those places. Right, so that's that's the Democratic position in the Electoral College, and the Republican 
probably position on the Electoral College, right? Right, because they control more states, hence more Electoral College votes, like they did in Well, the, the Democrats control a lot of the big population areas, right? So if you know you're going to get, you know, a bunch of votes from Chicago and New York City and L.A. and San Francisco and, you know, Southern California and probably even the big cities in Texas, right? So Austin and Houston. Yeah, Houston, Austin, and Dallas pretty much went for um, blue. Right. So the, if you know they you're going to... tend gonna... to be better educated and... Yeah, maybe. It doesn't necessarily mean that, that's, that they should get to run the show either. Um, but that's... Um, that's the argument, right? Is that you know, if you get if you go back to a strict, you know, just vote on the uh, popular vote, then you know somebody wins and somebody loses. Well, it's always, always someone's going to win, but and someone's going to lose. But although Nebraska and Maine, I think, have a good idea where if you have where they have eight. Eight House representatives. One of them is Democrat, and the other step. So the the, the the electors are based on who represents them in Congress. So right. if we have one Democrat elect um, representative, you get one electoral vote. Right. And you have, yeah. I mean, to me that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing is perfect. Everybody's got a, their own uh, thing, you know. I think that's a better system than what we have here. That means that you have to compete in every state. Well, no, yeah, even the down ballots would be important. Another idea people have is ranked choice voting. I've heard that. Alaska's going into that next year, or next election cycle. Mm. Yeah, where you have to choose which one you want in, in order of I guess first, second, third I suppose kind of like the way the Heisman Trophy does mm -hmm. you get is the draw on that rough? yeah it's a rough draw? It, it, uh, it's kind of tough to draw hmm this one's tough too I don't know if maybe getting a little bit more of a light on it maybe will help Um, yeah, I think um, I think the system wasn't designed to be perfect, but yeah, I think it's the best it had time. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I who knows? There's there's no there's no uh, ideal solution to this, and I certainly did not anticipate tr uh, a Trump. Well, I mean, the only thing about Trump is he, he like says said. his mind, and he says things you're not supposed to say. But it's, but it's, what, everybody's, it's what everybody's thinking, but they don't Some want to people, say Some people, yeah. Take the mask off of the, uh, the way the world is. 
I don't know why these are harder to... Because the, the humidor is all good, the humidity, so I don't know. Maybe it's just the way it was packed. Or rolled or... Could be. But, I mean, these are... Oliva's a, a very good brand, so... Ideally, it should be... Shouldn't be a problem, but you never know. This is a nice whiskey. Remember yeah, supposedly, I think it's a... I think it's weeded, I think. Yeah, weeded... Weeded bourbon mash bill, so... So... Um, no, no, I'm all right. Thank you, though. This is cheese. Yeah. Sharp, extra sharp cheddar. That's Tito. White and... Yeah, but um, while well, having the cigars, kind of a... Uh, dairy doesn't really work too well. Okay. Want some crackers? Come on and get some. Okay. But yeah, this is a nice smooth. Nice and smooth. Yeah, it's not bad. I know some people like it or hate it. Um, I think it's it's fine. So, um, how's everything been at the airport? Slow or? It's slow, but mm. um, we're probably busier than we have been this week with people traveling. Well, what do you think about that? Like, a lot of people say that... Um, if you're still having your Thanksgiving, it means you hate grandma. Um, in my opinion, I think it's up to grandma to, to is decide. Is that what it is? Don't tell your mom. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, if you think about it, to, to bring it to a personal level, I mean, imagine if this was happening 10 years ago and we had planned to see grandma the week of Thanksgiving, right? And then we didn't because of COVID, and then she she dies a couple of weeks later. Imagine how terrible you feel that you canceled it for the last time you could have seen her. Well, I think people are going to do what they think is right for them. Yeah, as, as well they should. They shouldn't be having but, a bureaucrat or, or a governor of their state tell them what they should... Uh, shouldn't shouldn't do but the same token I mean you're hoping that it's always the next year yeah well I mean that was the other thing too I was thinking about is imagine if if December of last year or January you had like some disease or cancer or something and somebody told you you had a year left to live imagine if this was your year It'd be the worst the worst 12 months to be given to live <laughs> like imagine your luck 12 months to live and you gotta live through this shit because think about it, everything's shut down. If you really wanted to go to Disney World, you're, you're out of luck. Can't go to the beach. Can't Anywhere you were going to travel to, you'd have to spend 14 days quarantining there and back. I think... Um, I think you and I are fortunate that we are in a bubble, as someone once said. That we pretty much stayed within our bubble. Uh-huh. But... You know, I think if Grandmom said, I don't want you here, we can do it next year, we have to respect the wishes. Yeah, but I mean, and I know what, if, what if somebody had said the opposite? You know, imagine if you 
if you know someone was like look life is short if if I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm just gonna enjoy what time I've got left is that not do they not have the right to do that they do but I think um I mean, it's not cut and dry, I mean, at least... But I think when you start getting to group gatherings, like 50 or more, then that's not really... Well, I, don't, I don't know 50 people that I'd want to spend Thanksgiving with, nor do I know of a place to spend uh, with 50 people. But, I mean, you can't, you know, people... Expecting people to spend, you know, the next... Probably more than a year at this point, right? To just put their lives on hold, to put their, uh, is something going on with the, there's fire coming out of the back of the thing. Whoa. Think maybe we should get the, get it away from the fence or is it uh, too late for that? It could be the first time on a podcast anybody's ever had a fire, a li live, uh, live house fire on there. Is it just? I know you said the deflectors are bad on this. Yeah. Is it? Um, I think it'll burn off. Is it just like grease from old? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. How old did we say this was? Six, seven years? Yeah. Hmm. What brand is it? It's uh, Charmaster. Charmaster? Okay, make sure everybody listening to this never get a Charmaster. <laughs> Your house is going to light on fire. Down. Maybe next week if uh, the weather cooperates, I'll uh, <coughs> go to the shop and get. Uh, See if we can try a, a Candela instead okay. of uh, Maduro's. I like Maduro's, but uh, I've never had a Candela. It's the the ones that are like a green tint to them because they don't they don't age them very much. It takes like a week or ten days to make these. Whereas these, I don't know about these sticks particularly, but some of them, some of the Maduro's could take you know five years. Oh wow! To ferment. Finally dying down? Yeah, but you've cleaned it a couple of times this uh this this year, haven't you? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. How often do you think it's worth it to clean? So I, oh, so I clean it off at least once a month. Mm. So I haven't cleaned it since August. These are rough. Yeah, this is kind know. of disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I got another one. We can once we maybe get these down a little bit, we can switch. I mean, I'm I'm going. Yeah, you shouldn't have to do that. It should have a relatively easy draw. But we've had these cigars before. Um, no, actually, this yeah. first time. I mean, I've had a ser I've had maybe two series of these before. One, um, I'm not like they're, they're they're fine. They're not. I'm not too fond of them. Um, one I got from Total Wine, and one I got from from Fox Cigar, same place I got this from. I don't know. I don't know why the draw is rough because um, other cigars in my humidor are perfectly fine so I know it's not my humidor that's making them too humid we should go to a cigar shop yeah the one here in Sterling is pretty good the one um, up here at uh, Ashburn no the one uh, the one by the movie theater oh okay yeah oh, the I think it's called Virginia Tobacco. I think okay. is what it's called. Then they used to be in the. Um... The, the The guy there, um, to to plug him, they have a sign that said that Virginia changed its tax law to extra tobacco tax. Oh yeah. For I guess the remainder of the year, or for a couple of months at least, they're paying that tax for the customers. Oh wow. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, and I asked the guy too because. This, as you can see, sometimes it doesn't spark all the way. Yeah. Um, he thinks that I didn't bring it there. Unfortunately, I wish I would have because he he offered to um, clean it out and refill it with uh, butane. Um, but supposedly they they these um, butane jet lighters they tend to get gunk in the oh, yeah in the in the light in the little stream things. I don't know what they're called, the burners or whatever. And it can cause them not to not to light properly. Okay, well, I got the fire out. Time to get the. Uh, now we actually have to cook, right? Uh, now we get to cook. Mm. So I'll be back. So I'll put it on pause. So we got what? Chicken, chicken breast, chicken thighs. What? Chicken breast. Mm. As Frank Cadu said in one of his commercials, he was talking about chicken. Of course, he didn't stay long on the TV. He said he was a breast man himself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think they realized what the implications of that were. Or they did, and they thought it'd be kind of funny, and then they realized that nobody else thought it was funny. A bunch of people with... Uh, problems <coughs> getting offended by every little thing right when I saw that I was like hmm someone didn't do their homework what year was that huh what year was that uh, the 80s isn't it weird to think that 1980 was 40 years ago isn't that weird 
Not only is that weird, but we are further removed from 1980 than 1980 was from the end of World War II. As far as technology and... The years. Yeah, that's true. Kind of weird to think. 80 years ago... World War Two. No, it's interesting. I was listening to um, they were talking about compliance with um, the mandates and stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting. The high school talked about people made the sacrifice for for war effort. Right? Yeah. And that we would call that everybody was on board with the war bonds and doing what it takes to make sure that the boys on the front got what they needed. Sure. But the reality of the thing, it wasn't that way at all. That there was a lot of people who were like trying to cheat the system, trying to game the system, that they really had to do exhortations and public service announcements and yeah well it's, it's the myth of you know Sometimes the ash, you gotta blow it out first and then. I think I got a lit. There you go. Maybe. But. It wasn't. Um, that people weren't totally on board with the whole idea. When I remember. Vaguely remember, and I'm sure I'm not getting this 100% right, but. Well, I know was, you weren't born, so you didn't remember that time. Well, I remember the conversation that my grandmother had, your great mother, grandmother had, about how there were some people around to inspect homes to make sure that you weren't cheating on the sugar and the flour, and they had people come in because you had stamps. Yeah, because black markets emerge, and, you know. Some people value sugar more than others. Yep. And the gasoline was rationed. Yeah, so nobody was grilling on their decks. Well, they didn't have deck. I mean, they didn't have propane. Mm. They didn't have this kind of stuff back then. I'm just being sarcastic. Oh, but they had. But you know, I, I think the grilling piece was kind of like. A, a, a World War II generation type thing. Get the charcoal going and everything else. That was more of a World War II, I mean, post World War II thing. Lifestyle thing for uh, boomers and their kids and all that? Yeah. Hmm. Not boomers. I, I mean, yeah, the they're, they're greatest generation, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I was saying the greatest generation was, you know, they had a lot of. You know, how to put a lot of uh, 
manipulation to get people to... Yeah, it's all propaganda. How many people do you think knew about the internment of the Japanese? It was probably people knew about it, but it was kind of like hushed. It sounded like a secret. Well, I mean, like, do you think the average person knew about it? No. Because you weren't seeing that on the <clears throat> on the films. I mean, you obviously didn't know because you, you weren't alive yet, but, you know. I think that's more of a West Coast thing. If you lived on the West Coast, you knew about it. If you're on the East Coast, you didn't know about it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and and this is this is kind of why, you know, speaking of some of the mandates, like this is why people, I think people who are against the mandates, they're against the lockdowns and all this stuff. I think that their their opinion of it is is that, you know, the government doesn't take power by saying, "Hey, we're going to stop you from congregating because we think you're going to do say something we don't like." They always do it under the guise of this is necessary for this period of time for X, Y, and Z reasons. And if you're not careful, even after the crisis is over and you think it was necessary, the government's not going to give those powers back up. Although the influenza epidemic, I thought I had to do more research on this, they, they, um, Shut down movie theaters and places of public of public gatherings. Yeah. But people, I guess, were careful not to let the government stray into continuing that. Uh, but I just wonder if that was more of maybe. A, I just wonder if that was more of a fear of. You can you can toss that if it's not it's not enjoyable. If you're not enjoying it, it doesn't make any sense because it's it's meant to be enjoyed. If it's you know. I'm going to send a uh, an email to, to Fox and just let them know that, hey, you know, this these two cigars that we bought had uh, had a bad draw. So this one, this one is uh, Guardian to the Farm. It's, uh, it's a thinner ring gauge. I don't remember what. <laughs> the ring gauges on this? I have the I have the thin. No, no, I'm talking about this one I'm about to about to give you. The uh the ring gauge is a little bit thinner. Uh-huh. Um which means that more of the flavor is coming from the wrapper instead of the filler. So we'll have you. You know what? If I buy another grill, I think I'm going to do some more research. You should. So that one's a guardian of the farm. It's, uh, like I said, a thinner ring gauge. Okay. And the foot is uh, closed off, so it gives you a little bit different of a burn. I, okay. I like unique ones sometimes. Draw a little better on that one. Yeah. Yeah, see? 
Yeah, I'll let them know. It could be that, you know, <coughs> maybe they got a bad batch of Oliva. I think I bought mine independently, and yours was part of a uh, sampler pack of Maduros. Yeah. So, in theory, they shouldn't have been... I don't even think they were in the same shipment. But who knows? I don't know. This is a better draw. Yeah, so it was a problem with the cigar, and I'll, I'll let them know. Maybe they'll send me another one. I order enough from them. They should... Uh... I just wondered about the difference between the mindset of today and the influenza. But then again, I'm looking through a prism of time, and I, I don't really have 100% mm. information. And we don't have 100% information about this. This is the, my biggest thing. I have not drawn a conclusion about COVID-19 because we haven't had enough time to draw a conclusion. It's, been, it's a disease that's been around for a year. Right, so it's yeah. not like it's been around for a huge amount of time for us to be able to say, you know, because, you know, with with polio, you know, with smallpox, with these other diseases, they were around for hundreds of years. We knew what they did, we knew how it worked, we knew there was a lot of research, and still, I mean, even today, we don't know 100, percent but we know a lot more than we know about. COVID-19, about the mortality rate, about how it affects people, how it affects people who, um, you know, are, you know, how, how people get different reactions to it, you know, like, there's a lot of people, and even in my own life, you know, for um, cold-type viruses, when I was younger, I would get, you know, a sore throat for, like, a week, and, you know, sore throat, runny nose, all that stuff for a week, and then I would get better. As an adult, I've found that I get a sore throat maybe for a day or two, and then I get a chronic cough for like seven to ten days. Well, and then, and then I get better. But that's you know not COVID. I don't know what how COVID would impact me, or if I'm susceptible to it, or if I've developed immunity based on exposure to other viruses. I have no idea. I'm just thinking about. Here we are in the, 19, in the 1920s, you know, the health officials who had, who really didn't know how diseases worked, right? Yeah. I mean, they were on the cutting edge. They, they started learning and they started figuring things out, but they really didn't know. But yet people said, listen to them when they said, wear a mask. People did people wear a mask then? I don't know. Yeah, they did. Hmm. And then they would say, don't go to museums or don't go to movie theaters. I think some people kind of feel like, and you know, I don't, I don't, can't speak for everybody. I think some people feel like, you know, the the whole mask thing that you know maybe exposure to corona for most people, not necessarily for people who have susceptibility, that is probably beneficial. That 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 it for for. Let's say the average person, I you know whatever the immunity, right? That the whole thing that maybe expo getting exposed to it is better than not being exposed to it. I have no idea if those people are right or not. I have no clue because I you know again, we don't have enough data. We we've got a year, not even a whole year because we don't know how much data we've gotten from China. It's been kind of 
mixed what we've gotten from them, right? Because they don't share a lot. So we don't have a lot of stuff to work with. I have no idea if those people are right or not, but that's the theory behind it is that, hey, you know, kids that are, you know, five years old, they probably should be exposed to this. You know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I'm going to use Dirty Harry as a metaphor, if that is it. Mm -hmm. There's a scene from Dirty Harry when he's... Do you feel lucky, punk? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like this, you know, you know COVID, you know the COVID just holes in your lungs and... It can be do it, it can, you but can we die. don't know that. But we we know that it does that for some people. But we don't know if it does that for everybody. We don't know if it does it for, you know, people who are susceptible to upper respi upper or lower respiratory disease. Like like, we have some information, but we don't have enough to make some really good conclusions. Well, like I said, you know, here's Julie here, you know. You know, we know that it does this, and we know it does this. You know, and then, then, then the question becomes, well, do you feel lucky, punk? Do yeah, you? yeah. And ooh, that's the olive oil speaking. I think the burn point for olive oil is not as high as for some oils, right? But anyway, my point, my, my point is, is that people tend to listen more to science back then than they do today. On some things, <laughs> not on others. So what do you think about that stick? It's a good draw. Better, better flavor than the... Uh... Better flavor. The other one was kind of like, ooh. I mean, I had the misfortune of... Well, like I said, I'm not... I like Oliva Series G. This one is a Series G that, you know, is kind of mixed because of the draw is kind of rough, but and it's forcing me to kind of hotbox it because because of the draw. It's not staying lit as, as well. Hotbox, is that another cigar aficionado term that we should hit? I think it comes from actually smoking weed. I think it was Cheech and Chong, I think. Hotboxing is when you smoke in a car and... Uh, with the windows rolled up and then all the, the smoke builds up in the car and then you open it up and all the smoke clears out. I think that's where the hot box comes from. There I saw somebody use that in terms of uh, smoking really fast on a cigar, like overheating it. Because if you, because it adds oxygen when you draw in, um, if you do that too much, it overheats the cigar. And one that I found it happens a lot for, I, I I had a, um, a sampler a couple of years ago of some uh, Camacho ones that were, um, I don't even know, because the, the, there's so many vocabulary terms for sizes and shapes of cigars, but these were kind of bulbous in the middle, they were kind of short and bulbous, and I found that they overheated very quickly, like if you drew in once every 60 to 90 seconds, it still would overheat, even though something like this, you should, 60 to 90 seconds is about where you should be drawing in, but it was just overheating, and so my fingers were just like, it was so hot. Mm. This is and nice. it makes the taste bitter, it makes 
if you draw in too much, it overheats the cigar and everything kind of goes haywire. So this is a nice cigar. This stick here is, um, I don't know, I know you told me what it was. Uh, Guardian of the Farm. But it's a nice draw. I, I can push it. I can, it's easy to pull from. You know, with, with me getting up and down looking at the grill, it doesn't go out. Well, it's not supposed to. It's supposed to be able to be set down for a minute or two, maybe three or so, and be that like one I just had. I, it I, didn't do that, yeah. And yeah. I think it's because the draw was so rough. Now I don't know. You know, there's a lot of things that can throw stuff off if the humidity is too much, or um, you know, I need to get a a digital hygrometer for the uh, for my humidor because the uh, the analog one that I have the, the the hands on it they're not always accurate and sometimes they break I would have wish I would have known that when I when Menard bought the humidor for me because I you know it was when that it was like three three four years ago before I knew anything about cigars I didn't realize that the, those hands are not always accurate so I need to get one that'll show me but I think the cigars because other ones that I've smoked from the humidor are perfectly fine. They don't have any issues. So the the one, you know, I've had, like, this one's a travel humidor that, you know, just, it's like watertight and all that stuff. I smoked one from it a while ago, and it was a little bit dry. So I think this one, if you stick it in there too long, it might get too dry, but... If it's dry, it's not going to have the drawing problems that we're both having with these. This is um, this is a nice, nice cigar. This is one of the nicer ones you presented. Yeah, I got that on a, a sampler of five of them. Now, of this this particular one, there was a couple of different ones, um, different shapes and sizes. You know, one of the things that I like about trying samplers even though if you buy a whole box you get the sticks for cheaper um i like getting samplers because you get to try different things and you get to see what you like and don't like and um that's why i buy samplers a lot that's why you keep these rings and some people keep a diary i i write down sometimes the ones i think <clears throat> the one i think my favorite so far that i've had is a company out of Pittsburgh. Weirdly enough, like you wouldn't think of Pittsburgh as a cigar. You think Miami of anything of in yeah, the U.S. You would think Miami, Miami yeah, yeah. But uh, but no, this is out of out of Pittsburgh. A company called Leaf by Oscar. Um, they have a good uh, a good line of different cigars that I've liked. I had you tried one there, Lancero, the yeah. the skinny one. Um, that was good, and I and I don't like Lanceros very much, but their Lancero is pretty good. It was good. I enjoyed that smoke. The the skinnier ones get more of their flavor from the wrapper than the from the filler. Mm. So this one's getting more flavor from the outside of the cigar. It's it's weird. It, it's one of those things that um, I guess is why people like. Cigars, the same thing with whiskey is, you know, the the handcrafted nature of it. Like somebody went through and, you know, thought, hey, this is a good 
blend of different tobacco leaves because a lot of times depends on where on the plant they get it how long they age it for you know all that stuff you're right cigarettes tend to be just mass produced not only mass produced but they got a lot of shit in it and if you've seen people on YouTube, they uh, light it and they can um, make it into like a little fiberglass blade because there's a lot of fiberglass in these, apparently. Wow. And you're, um, and you're, and you're, you're inhaling it. It's going in your lungs. You know? And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to be the first person to say that smoking a cigar is healthy for you, but it's a lot different than smoking a cigar. I mean, smoking a cigarette, especially if you're chain smoking. You know, because people will How go can you through. Can't smoke a cigar. Really? Well, yeah, yeah, but, but, um, you know, but cigarettes, people will chain smoke those, and it's terrible for you. I had um Supposedly, um, Michael Jordan smokes six cigars a day. <laughs> of course, he's Michael Jordan. You can do whatever the hell he wants, but. Yeah, supposedly he has a. There's a great YouTube video where he's got a an interview with the editor of um, Cigar Aficionado, and uh, they talk about everything. And um, he talks about how he smokes like six cigars a day. Now I don't know if he's finishing them all. You know, he's probably golfing. He's he's Michael Jordan. He can do whatever he wants. He's rich. He's famous. He's got you know. He's achieved whatever he's wanted to achieve in life. Who wants to smoke six cigars a day? You own the basketball team? Part owner. Part owner. Part owner, owner. He still owns part of it. Yeah. He's a guy I would love to just sit and smoke a cigar with. Maybe your dream will come true? Maybe. If he's listening, I'd love to, I'd love to have him on there. The three of us can just sit out here and smoke. Smoke, yeah. So, yeah. You can teach us how to smoke <laughs> uh, rings. Oh, yeah. Like I said, told your mom. Because when she was in her sunflower seed frenzy, I said, if I win the lottery, I'm going to bring... Mr. Reynolds here to show you how to chew, how to how to eat sunflower seeds and just spit them. Yeah, it's a, it's still a great meme. Uh, nine years later, where he's uh, eating the sunflower seeds as uh, David Ortiz runs the bases, and he's just. I remember one time we went to the game. He's playing first base, and there's he's, a pile of them. There's a pile it's of like them, right? uh, it's like Naked Gun with the shells. Yeah, when you open the door and. It, it won't open. I was like, you can tell he's here. That's Mark mm. Reynolds. He stood right in this spot. Mm. Yeah. Well, he was a, one of the poster childs, him and Adam Dunn, for guys who <coughs> hit home runs and walk. You know, because that's pretty much all he did. And, you know, it was one of the, the things about Mark Reynolds, even though he struck out a ton, right, but he hit a lot of home runs and... He didn't hit in a double place. So you yeah. knew that if he was up with two men on, you weren't going to get a, a inning-ending double play. You were, either, you were either going to strike out, he was going to hit a home run, or he was going to walk, and then he would load the bases for the next guy. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. But, you know, unfortunately for him, those guys have become kind of a dime a dozen now. 
I think the worst thing baseball ever came up with was the, the overshift. No, the, the shift's not the problem. The problem is is that sabermetrics, for obvious reasons, advanced analytics, whatever you want to call it, has kind of taken over the sport, as it's taken over a lot of sports, mm-hmm. where it's become very formulaic. You, can, you know, okay, in basketball, spread the floor, hit threes, that's how you're going to win games. You don't win games down low anymore. You don't win games by playing gritty defense. You just hit a bunch of threes, and the team that can hit the most threes most of the time is going to win. So that's how, you know, basketball is gone. And baseball, it's, you know, it's not all about stealing bases anymore. Nobody's going to steal 80, 100 bases anymore like Ricky Henderson was doing because it doesn't make any sense. Nowadays, it's like, look, you want guys who can walk who or who can hit home runs or hit doubles. And we can get on base. Get on base, and that's how you win games. And how you win games with pitchers is you get guys who can strike out a lot of people or if you have a great defense, you get some pitchers who can get a lot of ground balls, and that's how you can win games. You know, yeah. There'll be another, another gas house game, or and they don't have any color either. But, uh, the players aren't colorful anymore. Yeah, not as much as they used to be. <laughs> now it's very corporate. Switch this. You don't want you don't want people to upset the uh, the apple cart. Like um, Colin Kaepernick, who should be given another chance to play. I think, unfortunately for him, it's, you know, football has changed. You know, a lot of times guys don't get second chances. I don't mean just for political reasons. I mean just for, yeah, this this draw is way better. I can just tell, tell it on the dry. Of course, this is not. This is not even lighting. I ordered some of the. Do you, do you have? You guys don't have any canned air, right? Yeah. Yeah, I ordered some from Amazon, and it was supposed to come in three days, and it says it's going to come by Wednesday. Which week? Of this week. Wow. Which is like a week after I ordered it. And I'm like, I could have just gone to the store and bought some. And, and you're right, I think, even, and that's, no, and that's. This is way better. That's the problem with football. And that's the problem with baseball. That's the problem with music. That's the problem with anything. It's so. Everything has to be instant success right away, and you can't develop the point. Well, in football, it's because you get these quarterbacks on their rookie deal, and um, you can, you know, you can win win on the cheap with them. Surround them with a good defense or whatever else, and then. You know, you want to win before you have to sign him to a long-term deal. Oh, oh the other thing too is that you sign these um, quarterbacks, the more drastic to multi-million-dollar deals, and then you got to justify their investment right away. Yeah, but they the way they they've changed that now. 
So now the most you can sign a, a first round pick is is for five years, right? But that starts the clock. It starts the clock because now you're like, hey, I've got to win in five years. But you don't develop the play. Like Aaron Rodgers, he was a high draft pick, but he played on the best five for two or three years. And they go with, I think it was three years, yeah. Three years. Yeah, you're not going to see that anymore. No. And I think that's detrimental to the development of the game. Maybe, but I think what it does is it makes everything very formulaic. Like Patrick Rohan. I mean, Mahomes. Mahomes. He sat for basically one year and then started the next year, which is fine, but, but like I'm a, saying. But he's a phenomenon. I mean, he's just an unusual athlete. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, is that with these players, it's become formulaic where you know you have to win in that five-year window with that quarterback. Yes, there are exceptions. Yes, some guys are still good after that. I mean, they're, they're still good after that, but it gets harder and harder to when when you're paying a quarterback, you know, five million dollars a year versus paying him, you know, fifty million. I guess the quarterback from Seattle, Russell. Well, he's the like somebody he's was the saying. Exception. He's the exception, but he's also the poster child because they have not done anything since his third year in the league. Right, they they won the Super Bowl in his second year, got back to the Super Bowl in his third year. Since then, they've not gone back. Well, it's tough to get, it's tough to repeat in this in the NFL. Sure, but I think a lot of teams, the lesson they learn from that is it's easiest if you get a young, dynamic quarterback, <coughs> surround him with talent. Try to win in that first five years because after that it gets exponentially harder. It becomes expensive. Yeah, and so with Colin Kaepernick, people will think to themselves, why am I going to pay Colin Kaepernick, say, 7 to $10 million a year, right? He's on the wrong side of 30. He comes with a lot of baggage. Even when he wasn't coming with a lot of baggage. He wasn't the best player of all time, right? Why am I going to pay someone like him 7 to $10 million a year when I can go and draft somebody, pay that guy, you know, 5 or $6 million a year? He's younger, doesn't come with the baggage. Maybe he's more exciting. So it's interesting to see what happens next year with Lamar Jackson. Well, they got two years left on his rookie deal. Right. I mean, it's, so so yeah. I mean, honestly, that the 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 goal, if you're the Ravens, in theory, if if this holds true, is that between the next this year, next year, and the year after that, you want to make your move to win a championship. Because after that, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen when you've got to pay him. A bunch of money, and oh, by the way, there's other people that they're going to have to pay. They just paid Ronnie Stanley their left tackle, even though he's out for the year now, but they paid him. They paid their cornerback, Marlon Humphrey. So Tom Brady would be, whenever we'll see the likes of him again because of the way... The well, he was known for taking pay cuts to make sure that they surrounded him with talent. Now, they didn't do that as often. I still think... Tom Brady 
he got, he, if you look at his receiving core, they were never top notch. Except the one year when they went undefeated. When they undefeated. had when they had Randy Moss and, and Dante Stallworth and all that. Yeah. But other than that, he got his player he, he he was able to get those players to play up. Yeah. Is it starting to rain? I don't feel anything. No. It's your imagination. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, so that's that's where sports has gone is is just more formulaic, which I don't like because it, it makes it so. There's only one way to win. You got to do that the best, you know. And and I've never liked video games, board games, whatever. When it's like there's one strategy, how you win, and you've got to make sure you do that strategy the best. Like risk. Uh, yeah, kind of. You know, it's it's there's a strategy where you cut off all the choke points. Well, like backgammon. I haven't played backgammon in a long time. But oh man, backgammon is the same thing. You 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 um you control all the key points of the game, and then you pretty much. But like chess is not like that. Chess, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different openings, a lot of different strategy you can use to try to win. Now you got to be very smart. In order to win, but there's a lot of different ways you can win. And that does make the chess interesting because, like you said, for every move, there's a thousand possibilities you can branch out. And any of them can result in victory. Yeah. It's not like you have to pick just one opening, one series of moves, whatever. <clears throat> so we're, we're down to our last two minutes here. Anything... Uh, of note you think people should uh, be aware of. Last time I think you told everybody to vote. Well, I'm concerned about how the Trumpster is, is, is creating a dump sale on, on, on our way of life here. And well, some people think it's because he's trying to avoid jail time and he's going to negotiate uh, some kind of... Oh, uh, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, he's got... He's got a thousand. I mean, he's got the IRS is going to come after him. He's got New York State is going to come after him, and he can pardon himself from federal crimes. But he can't pardon himself from state crimes. That's true. Um, I, I mean, I think I think he should have gone to jail for war crimes back in January of 2017, but unfortunately, Congress is full of spineless people on both sides of the aisle. By the Cowards, way, every one of them, and nobody cares. It just boggles my mind that here's this guy who cheated contractors out of money consistently, and he's getting away with it. And you know, it, it's—I'm sorry. You know, most people think about what kind of legacy they're going to leave behind. He doesn't mm-hmm. care, and his kids are going to be left to clean up the mess that he created. Yeah, maybe. I think that a lot of people probably. I think a lot of his fans probably don't care. I think that they're probably right. happy with the way things worked out. I mean, I think when he leaves office and his tax returns get released because they're gonna they're going to be because of um, he overinflated his his assets to get loans. No, I'm sorry. He under whatever 
Well, you face shenanigans. Yeah. Well, that's. It's gonna know, be the biggest Ponzi scheme ever. And on that note, we're done.